Americans particularly are very oriented to hearing because radio gave us a marvelous musical education yeah. over the years. Toscanini and uh, the, you know, the Met, the Saturday Met. Damrosh. Uh, Damrosh, yes. all of those yes. things, uh, children's education mm -hmm. in music. But television has never given us any education in the visual arts, which... I wonder why. Well, because it isn't commercial and uh, they just never did it. You know, mm -hmm. I've, I've done a, quite a few films for television uh, on art, mm -hmm. and they've always been enormously popular, but nobody's ever sort of gone along and said, look, here's, uh, you know, the, the money to go ahead and produce a whole series of them. Mm -hmm. I think they would still be enormously popular. How would you do them? How would you teach people to see through television? Well, I would do it mainly through what is in America. I think that one of the things that an awful lot of people don't realize in America, that we really have probably the greatest concentration of art that any nation has ever had mm -hmm. because of plundering and <laughs> buying <laughs> and stealing uh, in all the ordinary ways that every yes. other country got them. But our museums are so rich. I would go around to all the museums in America and just show what's in them. I mean, places like the uh, Gilcrease Museum in Tulsa, Oklahoma, which is an absolutely unparalleled collection of Western art. So it's partly a matter of simple exposure to yes, it would good art? Absolutely, because mm -hmm. once you learn to see and once you are told that the human eye has changed in the last hundred years, and we don't see things the same way. It has anymore. changed. Oh, absolutely. In what way? Well, because the the photograph was invented, which freed the artist from the necessity of dealing with reality, and the airplane gave him a look at the world abstractly. Mm -hmm. The uh, astronauts certainly gave us pictures that uh, will influence art enormously. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. Just by standing off. Just by standing distance. off mm -hmm. and looking back at something. Mm -hmm made me feel very puny, I must say. <laughs>
You grew up in what you've described in your book as a well-to-do family. Yes. What you've distinguished from a well-off family. Yes, they, they're very much. What is that distinction? Well, I think well-to-do means that you're sort of comfortable. You know, yes. you aren't rich. Uh, you aren't in that awfully embarrassing position of having to keep up with anyone. Uh, my father was a very successful businessman, but not a rich one because he mm. Uh, believed in reinvesting in the people that worked for him and uh, a great many. He was a very advanced man actually mm. for his time. Was your house filled with art? No, it was not filled with art at all. So you and weren't introduced in no, the home to art? No, mm. it was something that I missed very much. But uh, How could you miss it if you didn't know it? Because it was all around me. It, mm. We lived very near the museum mm. which was in the park and uh, across the street from Washington University that had a very fine art department. Mm -hmm. It was all around me, but it just it was not one of those things that mother and dad ever thought of investing in. Mm -hmm. uh, the pictures in our house were uh, really abysmal. <laughs> there was a glorious uh, etching that somebody had given mother that she hated but had to hang, you know, mm -hmm. of uh, four cows in a pasture. That's about the extent of our art. Uh -huh. You did have music in the home. Yes, though. tremendous mm -hmm. amount of music. But that didn't there. that didn't really take with you, I suppose. No, because my brother and my sisters were all very talented at it, and I wasn't. <laughs> and uh, I I just was more interested in seeing than in hearing. Mm -hmm. You, uh, as a youngster, I gather, associated with people in St. Louis who shared your same enthusiasm for these artistic. Avengers. Yes, very much. It was. Where did you find these people? Well, they were wonderful families of people. There was um, the O'Neill family, mm -hmm. Barbara O'Neill, who was an actress who I later worked with when she became an actress, and uh, her family were very interested in the theater. Her father was an amateur poet. Uh, their friends were people like Rachel Lindsay and Sarah Teasdale, and mm -hmm. uh, some of the best American poets. And. Uh, because I knew them, I was introduced to a whole world of art. That were I, they regarded as unconventional? Uh, they were regarded life? as rather bohemian. Were they? Yes. How but, did your uh, parents feel about your association? <coughs> well, they liked them, you see. So <laughs> it was they were, all right. They were very, very well uh, placed people in the, uh -huh. in the society of St. Louis. So uh, you, you might have looked down on them a little bit, but at the same time you looked up to them because they uh -huh. achieved a great deal. Hmm. You're so young. And beautiful, and I love you so. Your lips so rare, your eyes that shine, shame the stars that glow. So fill these lonely arms of mine And kiss me tenderly Then you'll be forever young And beautiful to me so young and beautiful you're everything I love your angel smile your gentle touch are all I'm dreaming of oh take this part I offer you 
set me free Then you'll be forever young And beautiful to
Don't be shy Just let your feelings roll on by And don't wear fear Or nobody will know you're there Just lift your head And let your feelings out instead No, don't be shy Just let your feelings roll on by On by, on by On by, on by, on by On by, on by On by, on by began collecting at the age of 12. Yeah. Well, it was a kind of just one of those things. I, I had read so many books on art, and one day I walked into a little art store downtown St. Louis, which was mainly a framing place, mm. and they were having an exhibition of Rembrandt etchings. And there was one that really took my fancy, and I said, how much is it? And the man said, it's $37.50. Well, I had $5 in my pocket, and so I said, could I put that down on it? Mm. And he said, yes. I think he knew my father was good for the other <laughs> $32.50. Your credit rating was high at was that all point. Right. Huh? But um, anyway, I, uh, I paid for it myself. And from it, I learned a tremendous amount about the importance of the ownership of art the importance of buying a recording, of uh, owning a work of art so that you could study it and live with it and make it really your own rather than just a, a thing that you pick up at a cursory glance in a museum. And it, uh, 
lasted all my life. Is that Rembrandt etching still in your collection? The Rembrandt etching unfortunately left my collection at, the, at one period of being broke. <laughs> <laughs> many things have come in and out, but I think you should change. Did you sell it at many, many times its original not value really. of 37 No, not really. I sold it at a time when uh, I should have held on to it, because hmm. it, uh, today all of Rembrandt's etchings are worth enormous prices. Yes. <laughs>
I fell in love with the theatre. It's very easy to do in London at any time. Is that when it began? That's when it began. Mm. I had done some amateur plays and things, and I loved the theatre, but I think everybody does, really. And you hadn't thought of yourself as an actor up to that point, No, really? not really. Not mm. really. Uh, I taught school for a year after I got out of Yale, and uh, I directed some little plays and things and uh, played in some local sort of shows out in, uh, in uh, Riverdale. Mm -hmm. And... Um, decided I liked it very much and so my second play in London in a little private theatre uh, was uh, Lawrence Houseman's Victoria Regina. And, and you played Prince Albert, the, yes. One of the leads in that. Yes, mm -hmm. and then uh, when... As your second play, your first yes. play was a bit part. Yes, it was a bit part. But what it happened? That's an enormous... <clears throat> I don't know, it just worked, you know. It was one of those silly breaks and uh -huh. uh, then Helen Hayes bought it and I came along with it. And starred and on started Broadway? At, uh, at 23. Uh, just kind of at the same. age of 23? Yeah. Mm. Uh, it's been up and down ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Did you feel natural, comfortable on the stage? Yes, completely at home. Mm. And still do. I, I have all the terrors that most people have. But at the same time, I, I think uh, that the, the freedom of expression that the theater allows, and movies too, not so much television, but... Uh, television drama, I mean, because it's now, it used to when it was live television, but not anymore, because it's now just a short movie that you're doing. But the theater is, is a place where you can express yourself and be free and be rid of yourself in a way. It's a great catharsis. Be rid of yourself and yes. hiding behind the mask. In the hiding of, in the character that you're doing, though you're mm -hmm. always the same person, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, uh, nobody really hides completely. But... Uh, it's a wonderful experience, I think, theater. It's a great catharsis. And of course...
brother on the run One bullet from a gun That's how it started for this brother on the run Looking to see who's behind you Hoping like hell they don't find you Trying to hide any place that you can Just how long can you duck the man Brother on the run You should have known this kind of life would be no fun The evil you have done Is this the reason you're a brother on the run What can you do and what can you say It wasn't supposed to happen this way Where can you go And where can you hide When no one's around To stand by your side Brother on the run Brother on the run Brother on the run Brother, brother, brother Brother on the run
I think you say in your book that you went into the Glee Club because you had to have an extrovert activity. You yes. were you were an extroverted person. Very a, much so. Very much man. so. Still yeah. am. <laughs> <laughs> Was is acting uh, intuitive? Is it something that, uh, as you say, uh, uh, simply a means of expression? I can't imagine myself stepping onto a stage, for example. No, and and certainly I, I, not in becoming a, yeah. a lead actor in my second performance. Uh, I I think you know that uh, to want to be an actor is. A, an extraordinary privilege in a way, but it also requires a tremendous amount of discipline. It requires the, uh, the kind of discipline that all the arts require, the discipline to survive mm. and to last in it. I never wanted to just do Victoria Regina and then disappear. And I know an awful lot of people thought, well, you can't have a break like that when you're 23 and survive in the business. Well, I've been in it pretty near 40 years mm. now. And it's my whole life. I, I can't think of any other way of life. What happened it. after you start on Broadway for two years? Well, I did uh, one play that was a terrible flop, the next one, and uh, then I joined the Mercury Theatre with Orson Welles, which was a tremendous success. 
and um, came back and did a play called Angel Street, which was another great success. That was just at the, at the beginning of the war, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. And it was then that you, you came to Hollywood for your first successful movie. Well, I came out and did one that wasn't too successful. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, came back out after Angel Street and played some good villains. Uh -huh. And uh, it, was a, it was an interesting time. I, I think that the, the whole mood of Hollywood was just changing then. And I'm glad that I was here during the four or five years before it completely changed and into a sort of pseudo-realism that I think it's still in. Uh, it was a land of make-believe, and it was very exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the glamorous women, the mysterious stars, the, uh, the people that I met at that time and that got to know and work with are, are still, to me, fabled creatures. Mm -hmm. Ronald Coleman and Joan Crawford and people like that. They're, fabulous people. They're mm -hmm. bigger than life. I think a lot of actors today are smaller than life. <laughs> did you learn from them as you played with them and went along in the movies, or did you play with them? Yes. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one time when I came out and did my first movie <laughs> and I saw myself on the screen and I realized that I was too big, too broad, too theatrical.
That's all.